Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Face the jury and hearken to its verdicts. State of Wisconsin versus Kyle Rittenhouse. As to the first count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? No. Uh, we wish the jury pulled. No. Okay. Hi, I'm Mark Levin. Innocent on all counts. As we knew he would be. Because he is. Self-defense. Self-defense is codified in our law, but self-defense has existed even before the United States has existed. If you believe somebody's going to do serious bodily injury to you, even to the point of killing you, you have a right to injure them or kill them first. That's basic stuff. And in this trial, it wasn't even close. And all the facts didn't even, didn't even come up during the trial. Facts that would have helped Rittenhouse further. I did a monologue on life, liberty, and Levin last Sunday, and I've talked about it much here, and I've written an entire book on it, on freedom of the press. How corrupt the American media are. 
how they represent the American Marxist movements. And they have demonstrated through this trial and through this day and through this evening just how despicable they truly are. And they are joined by multiple Democrats on Capitol Hill who do not believe in self-defense when it comes to you, be you black, white, brown, yellow, red, whatever. But when it comes to them, they have an entire police force, Capitol Hill police force. When it comes to them on January 6th, they believe they were threatened, even though not one of them was touched. A nonviolent protester was killed. They believe that was an insurrection. They believe that was the greatest crime against humanity. So when it comes to their persons, when it comes to their safety, they want private safety, publicly subsidized safety, their own police force, National Guard, whatever it takes. But when it comes to your safety... You don't even have a right to defend yourself while they're disarming, defunding, slashing the budgets of law enforcement. While their party is directing police officers to put down their weapons and not stand their ground, but back up in the face of Black Lives Matter, Antifa, rioters and felons who are out to destroy society. Now, we really do need to make an assessment of the media in this country. If there is violence in any city, it is on the hands of MSNBC and CNN. Is it on the hands of those so-called reporters who have been tweeting? It's on the hands of Democrats in Congress. It's on the hands of Joe Biden, who made another stupid statement today, issued a stupid statement today, even though he said earlier today that he hadn't watched a trial. So his handlers, his puppeteers, who move his mouth and move his hands to sign things, they told you what they think. Because you know, ladies and gentlemen, we've moved from systemic racism in the police force to systemic racism in society particularly when it comes to white people. Now, this case had absolutely nothing to do with race, but there's Al Sharpton. There's Al Sharpton, an anti-Semite. There's Al Sharpton, who became infamous early in his life about lying about police. The Tawana Brawley case. The Crown Heights case. Guy works for MSNBC. Everybody wants to know what Al thinks, right? Or look. Look at the sleaze that is the Scarboroughs. Look at it. They'll say anything for a buck. They need the job to subsidize their lifestyle. Just watch. Watch as the Democrats who defended the rioters, the violent rioters, all through two summers ago. Watch 
as they are angry to the point of promoting violence, encouraging violence. Because Kyle Rittenhouse was found innocent by a jury. They don't believe in the jury system. They don't believe in the system. They're worse than the rioters. They live off the fat of the earth. And at the same time pretend they're some kind of revolutionaries. The corrupt media in this country, worse than the rioters. The corrupt Democrats in this country, worse than the rioters. Truly unbelievable. Judge Schroeder, they've been smearing this man. Judge did a fantastic job, if you ask me. A fantastic job. The prosecutors in this case demonstrate an all-too-familiar pattern that they are willing to violate the United States Constitution, the orders of a court, and they're prepared to undermine justice in order to count another scalp and play to the mob. If the mob hadn't been rioting in Kenosha, none of this would have happened. None of it. But they were. Jacob Blake's uncle outside Kenosha Courthouse. Why do I care what he has to say about this case when the jury already spoke? Why is he getting attention from the media on this issue when it has really nothing to do about race? Had to do about three men who tried to kill a 17-year-old and a 17-year-old that chose not to be killed and fought back. You're not allowed to fight back. You're not allowed to have a weapon. You need to roll over as they defund or slash the police budgets in this country. As they order the police to stand down against the rioters. As the governor of Wisconsin refused President Trump's offer of National Guardsmen, as Pelosi did when it came to the Capitol building. Liz Cheney won't be looking into that because she's a fraud. Because the Cheneys and the Bushes and the rhinos and all the rest seek the destruction of Trump. You know, I watched this Chris Christie. It's amazing. He's on Fox. He's on MSNBC. He's on CNN. He's on quasi-conservative radio. He's on liberal radio. This guy's a chameleon. A very fat chameleon, but nonetheless, he's a chameleon. And he's written a book which will fail. Nobody's going to follow Chris Christie. Nobody. Chris Christie represents the old Republican Party, not the Reagan Republican Party, the old Republican Party. The party of the Cheneys and the Bushes. The party of the Romneys. The party of the McConnells. That's Chris Christie. And that's a loser. That's a losing prescription for this country. I don't know why certain hosts, colleagues or otherwise, feel the need to promote Christie because he's promoting a book. I don't know. But I circle back. I want you to listen when we come back to Chuck Todd, because if there's violence in the streets, and by the way, Kenosha is very quiet right now. If there's 
Violence in the street, Chuck Todd. If there's violence in the street, Eugene Robinson. If there's violence in the street, Tali Farhadian. If there's violence in the street, Joyce Vance. These are the people, these are the mouthpieces all over the media, and they're not alone. And yes, Kyle Rittenhouse should uh, sue Joe Biden for millions. Because Joe Biden made it abundantly clear that he believed Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. And as a matter of fact, his ads demonstrated it because Trump wouldn't, wouldn't denounce him. Trump wouldn't denounce him. The Paula Jones case that the Supreme Court heard, that I am more than familiar with, stands for the proposition that as a private citizen, things that you have said and done are still subject to civil litigation even if you become president of the United States. That's what the Supreme Court of the United States said. When Joe Biden smeared Kyle Rittenhouse, he was a mere citizen like the rest of us. No protection. Right, Joe, who refuses to protect the executive branch and Trump's rights under executive privilege? Well, guess what, pal? You have no executive privilege or executive anything. You're naked. You are naked in front of the law. Should Kyle Rittenhouse sue your sorry ass for smearing him for political reasons? And by the way, every single commentator, every single contributor, every single host who's been on cable TV or elsewhere was accused, Kyle Rittenhouse, of being a white supremacist, a domestic terrorist, And so many horrific lies told about him, asserting it as fact, you better get a good lawyer. Because if Kyle Rittenhouse wants to, he can sue your asses too for everything you have. And he will win. Is it a tough case? Typically it's a tough case. But if you call somebody a white supremacist and a domestic terrorist... And you have no evidence whatsoever? None. That's not a tough case, whether you're a public figure or not. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. The insanity of the American Marxists 
whether they be in the media, whether they be in the streets, whether they be in academia, really never ends. I've heard some members of Congress, some in the Black Caucus, some not, saying things like, Kyle Rittenhouse was a white vigilante. It's a vigilante. You know, taking the place of the police, for which he didn't have authority. Now, I just could have sworn that we were told the police are systemically racist. That they randomly and wantonly kill people, particularly minorities. But now, you see, we should rely on the police. Disarm yourself. Do not help your fellow man. Don't help the community in which your father lives and other relatives lives, in which you've worked and held a job and so forth. No, 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 no. Leave it to the systemically white racist police forces that randomly kill minorities to protect the community? Well, which is it? It's neither. The insanity of these people, these American Marxists, cannot be what we adopt and embrace. I'll take it one step further. You ready? You ready, Media Matters and Mediaite and real Americans who love this country? Kyle Rittenhouse is a quintessential red-blooded American. He went to this community, which is a neighboring community, which, as I say, he had relatives living there, friends there, he worked there. Somebody asked him to help protect his property. On the third night of rioting, he comes there with a fire extinguisher. He comes there with a Red Cross bag, basically, to help provide medical assistance. And he arms himself because he's smart, because he knows it's a riot situation where the mob has been hitting people, harming people, beating people. Killing people. You know, that's been the nature of the mob all that summer long. And so he exercises his free will, he exercises his right to help the community. That's not a vigilante. What, you have to be in the Peace Corps? Is that it? One grotesque individual, a felon, who raped a little girl chases him down and tries to kill him or harm him but he's shot and he's killed first another one chases him down smacks him in the head with a with a skateboard and then in the neck comes at him again and he shoots him and kills him and then the third one points a gun in his So lately, I've been on a mission to change the way people view their finances and to encourage people to overcome obstacles and adversity. It's just more and more important to me every day. So I've teamed up with the folks at Life Surge. Life Surge is a one-day faith-based event where you'll walk in hungry for success and you'll leave ready to build your resources to leave an impact on others. We're talking faith-fueled finance, growing resources, crushing obstacles, and then, yeah, using it all for something way bigger than yourself. I'll be joining Life Surge in Cincinnati on Saturday, August 3rd. Joining me in Cincinnati is Nick Vujicic, the man with no arms or legs that speaks about his trials and triumphs. Soul surfer and author Bethany Hamilton, Duck Dynasty's Willie Robertson, and author and pastor Craig Groeschel 
star of CNBC's The Prophet, Marcus Lemonis, and Bethel Music. That's Life Surge, Cincinnati, on Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets are on sale exclusively at lifesurge.com. I hope to see you there. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Folks, 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 being Friday and all, please don't forget to watch Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The full hour, President Donald Trump, the entire hour. I tell you the truth, I just finished doing that show with the president literally about 90 minutes ago. He was absolutely spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. And I think it's fair to say that he and I and Melania and he and my wife and I, we have a special relationship in the way that we talk to each other. They do not bother the president. They don't press for things and so forth. He had asked if I would consider coming down to Florida and speaking with him about this fantastic new book that they're putting out. And it is fantastic, as a matter of fact. It's a significant book. It's got photographs of the four years of his presidency with comments under most of them, or certainly many of them, that he wrote. He chose the photos as well. And I know you're going to love this. And I know you're going to love the the discussion. I do not interrupt him. I let him speak his mind. And you're going to see the Donald Trump that I see. Tact. He's not undermined. It's not accusations. Just let the man talk. Raise an issue, let him explain, and you're going to see how engaged, sharp, judicious words that you will not hear from his attackers, that he is. It really is. For me, it was very, very special. Not not just to see him, but I think you're going to see, because a couple people afterwards came up to me and said, wow, not because of me but because of the way I do interviews it allows the guest to think about subjects to think about what they're going to say and make their statements so I hope you'll check it out it's not a typical interview with President Trump Sunday 8pm Eastern Time you can always DVR it get your DVRs ready if you're going to be uh, occupied otherwise this was what I was talking about Joe Biden August 27 2020 cut for go The president uh, has not talked about the shooting of Mr. Blake. He's talked about uh, violence at protesters, uh, protests in the wake of it. Um, I'm wondering why you think that is that he hasn't actually addressed it. There's obviously. So here's an attack on Trump who has nothing to do with the Blake situation, nothing to do with the Rittenhouse situation. Joe Biden's running for president. It's August 2020. And the question is, I wonder why you think the president's doing this. I wonder why you think the president's doing that. Go ahead. Circumstances around it, but uh, the video obviously has been out there. Well, look, I don't know enough to know whether that 17-year-old kid, uh, exactly what he did. But 
allegedly he's part of a militia coming out of the state of Illinois. He's not part of any militia and never was. He says allegedly. That's fine. Go ahead. Heard this president say one negative thing about white supremacists. Okay, white supremacists. Now, that's more than an implication. Why bring up that phrase if you don't believe Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Here's what I do know. Donald Trump never had any association with white supremacists. Joe Biden did. Openly so. And embraced them. And embraced them. Racists in the Senate. He did. Anyway, those are grounds for a very, very effective lawsuit. I want to go to Chuck Todd on MSNBC today. You all know that I despise this guy because he's a hack, Democrat, American Marxist, and journalist drag. And I remember I used to enjoy watching Meet the Press, even though I didn't always agree with the host. Whether it was Lawrence or Tim, but not Chuck. Chuck is a fraud. Listen to this. Cut five, go. And David, I think you you said it well when you were talking about how the prosecution should have thought about basically doing everything they could to sort of take some of the politics out of their presentation, take some of the politics out of their charges. And I guess ultimately, what is this case revealing about us as a society? You know, is this a case of we've got a, a we obviously are divided on race. Our gun laws are, are, are very polarizing in this country as well. It is interesting to me that you're going to have folks on one side of the political aisle see this through the prism of race, and, and I think on the other side of the aisle claim they're seeing it through the prism of the Second Amendment. Why, 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 why don't you stop? This was a self-defense case. You're the clowns that keep bringing up racism and gun control and everything else. And so there's pushback against your narrative. Because people like me, who love this country and believe in the Constitution, all of it, were well aware if there had been guilt found by the jury in any of those charges, you would have politically interpreted it as finally a jury standing up on race, or finally a jury standing up against the Second Amendment and so forth, because this is all you know. You're a political, not even animal, reptile. I guess that's an animal. Go ahead. I guess the question's going to be, you know, if you're an elected official in, in Wisconsin, what are you looking at? Are you looking at your gun laws? You're looking at your gun laws? Folks, there's a riot taking place. People are burning buildings. People are attacking. Many of them aren't using guns at all. They're using knives, skateboards, Baseball bats, frozen bottles of water, hard-boiled eggs, hard balls, that is baseballs, sharp objects. They're using flagpoles, sharpening the edges, using them as spears. We saw that in Portland as well. You're going to look at your gun laws? Ladies and gentlemen, the jury system work? Ladies and gentlemen... The gun laws worked. 
the good guy lives. The bad guys, two died, one was injured. This is exactly how it should have turned out. And I'll say it again. Kyle Rittenhouse is a quintessential American, a red-blooded American, regardless of race, who came to that community to help out. He's not a vigilante. Just listen to these Democrats and these American Marxists trashing the cops over and over again. Systemically racist. That people are frightened of them. Then on the other hand, trashing a citizen who volunteers to help his fellow man. Unbelievable. How about this, Chuck? All three of these men who attacked Kyle Rittenhouse had long felony records. Long felony records. Why were they out of prison? Maybe Wisconsin needs to look at its criminal code. Maybe it needs to have tougher sentencing. I'm not even going to waste my time with David Henderson, who's a cherry-picked moron. But he's a former federal pro. Who cares? Now, Jacob Blake's uncle's outside the Kenosha courthouse. Why? Here's what he has to say. Cut six, go. But when you have the, the guy who's presiding over the whole thing puts his hands on the scale and allows this young man literally to walk out, he gave him a pass. He didn't allow evidence. So the in. judge did it. The Democrat-appointed judge put his hands on the scale and let him walk out. I guess Jacob Blake's uncle isn't aware that there was actually a jury actually a jury that sat there day in and day out, hours at a time, had to go through all the minutia. No, 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 no. Jacob Blake's uncle knows the truth. Jacob Blake's uncle knows what justice is in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse. Jacob Blake's uncle is the media focus. Because Jacob Blake's uncle... Fills the narrative that the media are pushing. Go ahead. Somebody said they were going to kill somebody with an AR-15 30, 40 days ago, and they actually do it 40 days later? That's good evidence. If somebody's in or uh, before that shows the crowd boy sign, then goes into a bar at 17 adults. Is it good evidence if somebody has a knife? Is it good evidence if somebody used to beat up their significant other? Is that good evidence, too, that they're quite capable of killing another person? Is that good evidence, too? Is it good evidence that Jacobson was a violent felon, a rapist? Multiple counts of domestic violence? Huber, multiple counts of domestic violence? Is that good evidence, too? And what was the third one, whose name escapes me, and thank God it does. What was he doing illegally possessing a pistol? As it turns out... He was illegally possessing a pistol, whereas Rittenhouse was not illegally possessing an AR-15. What about that, Jacob Blake's uncle? Go ahead. You know his ideology. They talk about harming African Americans. They talk about harming minorities. And he, he didn't talk about harming African Americans or minorities. Why are you saying that, Jacob Blaine's uncle, about Kyle Rittenhouse? Why are you saying that? 
There was no evidence introduced saying such a thing. You know, Kyle Rittenhouse has a civil action against Jacob Blake's uncle. I don't think he'll do that, but he does. Because now they're out character assassinating the man. Go ahead. Now you tell us why he got a free ride. His bail money was raised by the Proud Boys, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, the Nazis, the skinheads. Are they plugged up in this courtroom? Do we know the history of this judge? His bail money was raised by the Ku Klux Klan, the neo-Nazis, and on and on and on. Do we know this judge? Was he on somebody's payroll too? Go ahead. Been racist as hell to these, these people in Kenosha for many years. Do we know his So the people of Kenosha have been racist as hell. The entire population of Kenosha has been racist as hell. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, everything that took place in the court of law doesn't matter to Jacob Blake's uncle. But Jacob Blake's uncle is just a mouthpiece for the American media that believe exactly the same thing. The rule of law, no. No. Go ahead. Well, that's it. Well, there you have it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tammy Baldwin, senator from Wisconsin, attacked this decision. She's a disgrace. She's a disgrace for attacking this decision. Absolutely appalling. If the House Democratic campaign folks saying this decision was disgusting. It was disgusting. You have media folks. I'm not going to play them all. Eugene Robinson of the Washington Post. I think he's on the Pulitzer Committee, by the way. On MSNBC today. To the extent that this legitimizes the line of thinking, action is very dangerous and worrisome. This is a divided country. Hair trigger on a lot of issues in a country where there are more guns than people. What did that have to do with what took place? I don't remember him being concerned about violence and more guns than people when the riots were taking place. They were mostly peaceful, right? Tali Farhadi and Weinstein, whatever, NBC News legal analyst... A dangerous combination, effectively, saying of self-defense laws and proliferation of guns. That's a uh, legal analyst. Joyce Vance, another MSNBC legal analyst, compares Kyle Rittenhouse to a bank robber shooting at people trying to stop the robbery. Why do they have to make parallel arguments? Why do they have to argue in the alternative? We know exactly what took place here. And I want you to know, folks... It's no thanks to MSNBC and NBC, and it's no thanks to CBS and ABC. It's no thanks to the New York Times and the Washington Post. It's thanks to independent free press journalists. Journalists like journalists at the founding of this country. The corporate press, listen to me. America's corporate press, these big corporations that own these newsrooms, are thoroughly and completely corrupt and dishonest. They are propagandists for the left. That's it. Case closed. If it wasn't for the independent free press, young people, 
working for the Daily Call or the Daily Wire, working for Blaze, working for all themselves all over the place with video. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have this information. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't know the truth. Instead, we'd be getting propaganda from the likes of Chuck Todd and so many others. Thank God for our new, free, independent press that work outside these social regimes of the New York, Washington, and L.A. corporate. AT&T owns CNN, Comcast owns NBC, and MSNBC, and on and on down the line. Thank God for these brave young men and women who put their lives on the line. Why in the world should you even believe the press on anything anymore? They covered up the Holocaust. They promoted Castro. They pushed the Russia collusion narrative, which was a lie from day one. They covered up the Hunter Biden scandal. They're covering up the Joe Biden scandal. They had joint bank accounts and so forth. These are disreputable, dishonest individuals cloaked, cloaked in roles as journalists. This is the corporate press. They are corrupt. Absolutely corrupt. As they sit silently and dare not comment on what China is doing to the Uyghurs. Lest they have their press passes pulled and can't go into that genocidal regime. That genocidal regime that is now poised to attack Taiwan after the Olympics. Unbelievable. All right, when we come back... What the Democrats in the House of Representatives are trying to do to this great country. Every single phony moderate voted for it. Except some clown in Maine because it didn't go far enough. Every single phony moderate voted for it. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. You know, Kyle Rittenhouse is going through treatment for post-traumatic syndrome. Mm-hmm. And his lawyer, one of his lawyers said this evening that he probably will have to move to another location, that he's had threats made against him. Again, you can thank the American media for this, the corporate media. It is a, it is a poison on this country. I want to thank those brave young men and women who've covered Black Lives Matter and Antifa, who've gone into the teeth of these battles and these riots, where the vast majority of the hosts sit on their fat asses in Washington, D.C., and L.A., and New York. These young people get paid next to nothing. They go into these places. They take real live, on-the-scene video, do interviews. So clowns like Nicole Wallace, so clowns, like Joe Scarborough, so clowns, like Andrea Mitchell, so clowns, like Chuck Todd, and on and on and on, the list is infinite, can sit back and give their opinions. 
these fraudulent, phony journalists. As I said before, these are Democrat, American Marxists, dressed up in journalistic drag. That's it. And by the way, have you noticed again this Chuck Todd haircut, Mr. Producer? Like a third grader. I'm thinking more and more. That haircut reminds me of Benito Mussolini, actually. It really does. But that's a whole other story. So, folks, the Democrats passed this phony Build Back Better Act. Build Back Better, it's Tear Down Forever Act. They say it's $1.75 trillion. The CBO says it's hundreds of billions in debt. Other outside organizations that don't have their hands tied, the CBO is only free to do certain kinds of analysis. Like the Wharton School says, it's actually closer to $5 trillion. The vote was 220 to 213. One Democrat in a swing district in Maine voted against it. But that's it. Every other Democrat, like Gottheimer, Gottheimer Schmidt in Bergen County, New Jersey, all these frauds in Virginia, New Jersey, all across the country. Oh, I'm a moderate. California. Every damn one of them voted for this. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget found that the legislation could cost as much as $4.91 trillion over 10 years. That's $5 trillion. Congressman Jim Banks, who is very solid, chairman of the Republican Study Committee, has cataloged many of the most radical policies. So in addition to massive spending, which will lead to further massive inflation. It's not the oil companies creating inflation, ladies and gentlemen. They couldn't do it if they wanted to. It's the American Marxists. Innovation-killing socialist price controls, the bill would institute government price-setting of prescription drugs, which has shown to be likely to lead to significantly decreased private investment in new cures. Page 1977. Funds Biden's banking surveillance apparatus. The bill would spend half a billion dollars to hire new Department of Justice tax division agents to bring civil and criminal cases against Americans like you. Page 878. Removes funding prohibition regarding Uyghur Muslims in China. Democrats have removed a provision in the previous draft of the reconciliation bill, page 1082, which prohibited any funding provided by the title on science-based technology to award a contract, subcontract, grant, or loan to an entity involved with using the forced labor of the Uyghur Muslims in Zhejiang province in China. This would remove the the protections. Preventing taxpayer dollars from going to entities using Uyghur Muslim slaves in China. You believe that? Four, tax pork for trial lawyers, page 1970. This provision modifies current law expensing rules to allow plaintiffs' attorneys to deduct out-of-pocket litigation costs in the year they are incurred rather than waiting until the conclusion of the litigation. The provision applies to amounts paid, incurred, or received in taxable years beginning after the date of enactment. Why would... The Democrats look at such minute issues like this that have such an important role in keeping them in power. The trial lawyers and the teachers unions are the biggest donors or among the biggest donors to the Democrat Party. So the trial lawyers go to their their Democrat buddies 
and they want this change, and they get this change. When you're talking about a bill that's almost 3,000 pages long, all kinds of stuff is in there like this. None of it's going to help you. Five, nicotine tax. The bill would add back language imposing a new tax on nicotine, which is a clear violation of Biden's pledge not to tax people that make under $400,000 a year. Page 1973. This is unbelievable. We talked about this. Tax credit for journalists. So the trial lawyers get a tax credit. Journalists get a tax credit. The bill would add back language creating a tax credit applied against Medicare employer taxes for wages paid to journalists. Page 1957. 21st century segregation. The bill would add back half a billion dollars for schools of medicine, prioritizing funding based on racial demographics and requiring faculty to be hired and students to be recruited based on prioritizing racial and democratic characteristics, page 658. So this is in the medical profession. Both those who teach and those who attend. There will now be a quota system. Number eight, left-wing divisive race-baiting, he writes, the bill would add back language that continues the left's divisive and race-baiting attempts to portray every American, everyday Americans, as racist and oppressive, claiming all minorities are denied a full opportunity to participate in American life. That's on page 1157. $2.5 billion slush fund. Radical environmental groups to plant trees and advance tree equity. Public health indoctrination. The bill uses funding for maternity mortality as a tool to advance critical race theory, climate change, and other such language. Specifically, it promotes funding for racism and and discrimination training curriculum, page 682. Funding for health care risks training to promote the left's climate change agenda, page 689. And refers to pregnant women as pregnant individuals, page 676. Tax credits for electric bikes. The bill would create a tax credit worth up to $900 when someone purchases an electric bike. And the credit wouldn't start to phase out until a family makes at least $150,000 a year. That's page 1527. Now, you know damn well that's for New York City and L.A. and San Francisco and, and uh, that sort of thing. Obamacare propaganda. The bill would require HHS to advertise the expanded Obamacare tax credit in states that have not expanded Medicaid directly to racial and sexual minorities, quote-unquote, among others, and claims they are hard to reach. Thirteen, subject small businesses to reckless tax penalties. The bill subjects small businesses with over $600 in transactions to back up tax withholding requirements if they fail to comply with IRS regulations. Boy, I tell you what, they love the IRS as the iron fist for the police state. 14, makes it easier for the IRS to target taxpayers. The bill would make it easier for the IRS to issue penalties against taxpayers by removing the requirement that each penalty assessment be approved by a supervisor. Instead, the bill would merely require supervisors to provide quarterly reports on whether IRS employees are following the proper guidelines and requirements, page 1934. So low to middle-level bureaucrats would be free to assess penalties without a supervisor reviewing it. Number 15, money for gun control. The bill would spend $2.5 billion for, quote, community-based violence intervention initiatives, unquote, 
which can be used to deny the individual exercise of the Second Amendment without due process. Page 876. 16. West Virginia, if you disagree with this, you better start getting on the horn and talk to your man, Manchin. Arizona, you disagree with this, you better get on the horn and start talking to your friend, Cinema. Perpetuates labor shortages. Continues welfare benefits without work requirements for able-bodied adults without dependents. At a time where there are 10.5 million job openings, more openings than there are people looking for work. 17. Pushes Green New Deal in our universities. Democrats include a $10 billion environmental justice, higher education credit program. So the federal government's not giving out credits to indoctrinate college students and advance Green New Deal policies. Page 1571. Ladies and gentlemen, this is tyranny. This is totalitarianism. This is brainwashing. Eight, forces faith-based child care providers out. The bill blocks the ability of many faith-based providers from participating in the child care system and will lead to many of their closures. Page 214, 19. Hurts small and in-house daycares, requires pre-K staff to have a college degree. Page 245. 20. Includes new incentives for illegal immigration. Illegal immigrants will be eligible for federal student aid. Page 78. And enhanced child tax credit. Page 1647. Increases OSHA penalties on businesses that fail to implement the mandate up to $700,000 per violation. Page 105, they're trying to uh, create a statute to support this. Includes nearly a billion dollars in funding for Department of Labor to increase enforcement of these penalties. It goes on and on and on. I have additional items here that I will get to after we interview Jim Jordan in just a minute. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Want to welcome Jim Jordan, a, a great patriot, to the program, uh, Congressman Jordan. Um, the original purpose of the reconciliation process was that both chambers and both parties would have to get together and work out their differences on spending. Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was set up originally by, Bob Bird, by Robert Byrd for that specific purpose. And one of his former aides said if he knew that it was going to be used for this, he yeah. would never have supported it. So they've completely perverted this process, have they not? They have, but what, what else haven't they perverted? I mean, what else haven't they done wrong? What, what, what other rights and, and, and precedent haven't they uh, attacked and broken? So... This is this is just the nature of today's left and what they're what they're up what they're up to. But yeah, yeah, and and, and Joe Biden had the the gall to say Joe Biden had the gall to say that this bill two trillion dollars was going to help inflation for goodness sake. So um, yeah, I mean this is this is today's left. This is today's Democrat Party that just keeps doing more and more harm to America. It's obviously there. This is a kamikaze party because they feel they're going to lose in 2022. I don't. I don't talk that way because I want our people to come out and fight like we're behind. I don't take anything for granted what these people do. That's the right attitude. Yeah. And so and so they're like a kamikaze party. They think, okay, mm-hmm. we've got two years. We control the government. Let's get everything in we have to. It's like Obamacare. So we'll lose a cycle. We'll lose two cycles. But we're setting in place. We're enshrining forever our agenda. Here's my concern. This is supposed to be a republic. So the Democrats, it's 50-50 in the Senate, and by the quirk of the Constitution, they have the vice presidency who can break a tie. Uh, They won today effectively by three or four votes. And so 
they can fundamentally alter our economic system, our immigration system, our governing system. Fundamentally yeah. alter it. Here's my question to you. That's not what a republic is supposed to be about. In one election, we can't win every election, right. Congressman. So every right. election where they're in a majority, they're going to be able to turn this country inside out? Well, that, that's what they're up to. When, when we win it back, we're going to have to turn it right side up. We're going to have to put things back in, in the proper will perspective. We? And, and we, yes, we will. We have to. We have to. And I, look, I think it's growing. I mean, I think moms and dads showing up at school board meetings. What happened in Virginia? What happened in the, in the, in the Rittenhouse case? Where, you know, again, if that wasn't self-defense, I don't know what is, uh, where, where, where the due process, the system, our, our, our court system, it worked and freedom mattered and the standing up for the second, all those things. So I do, I sense it's going to, it's going to come back in the right direction and Republicans. Now, again, I'm like you, I don't take anything for granted and we got to work hard, make sure we win next year. But when we do, I think we're going to stop everything that we can, and then we're going to reelect Donald Trump as president in 24 and get a chance to put the country back on the right path. But it's already started. You can feel a almost like a revival for freedom and for Judeo-Christian Listen, I don't disagree with any of that. I don't disagree. We work on this every night here. That's the whole point of the book, American Marxism. We've been building and building and pushing this. That said, we're in a culture war. They run the colleges yeah. and universities. They run the media. Uh, they they run uh, academia, I mean, even at the lower levels with the unions and so forth. And we're going to have to start figuring out how to get involved in these aspects of our society. The parents showed us with the school boards. We need to get into these shareholder meetings with these corporations. We need to claw back funds from from colleges and universities who are producing and giving, and giving tenure to true, outspoken Marxists. In other words, we have to go on offense, don't you think? Yes. The offense beats defense all day. Now, my background is the sport of wrestling. You stand around the sport of wrestling, you're going to get your tail kicked. You have to go on the offense. That's the only way you win anything. So, look, I, I, I look at history. Someone said this. And maybe, it was, maybe I got this from you, Mark. I can't remember. But someone said every third generation in this country has done something big. They had the founders who started this experiment in freedom we call America. Three generations later, Lincoln held the country together. We got rid of the evil of slavery. Three generations after that, we had the greatest generation beat the evil of Nazi Germany. Germany and, and Imperial Japan, and now here we are, three generations later, and maybe the way the good Lord has it, it's our turn to do something big and start, stop this march to, to communism that we see the left putting us on, and I think it's happening. I mean, 71% of our fellow citizens think this country's on the wrong track. 71%, I mean, I, frankly, I'd like to meet the 29% who think it's on the yeah. right track, but 71% think that. While so they're on the government payroll. Yeah, yeah, but that is the sign of what is happening. And when you start telling moms and dads that, that government's smarter than they are about their kids, uh, they're not going to take it. You start having a Justice Department that gets so political where they are going after parents putting a, a terrorist tag on moms and dads' names. You know, one of the questions I'd like to ask Merrick Garland, how, what's the number? How many have you already labeled? Mm-hmm. Just like when, just remember, you remember this, Mark, because you were, you were helping us fight this. Remember when the IRS had the BOLO list? Be mm-hmm. on the lookout for these groups. The IRS targeting people, that's what the FBI is doing now. So we're not going to stand for it, and you're, you're seeing good things happen. And I, I feel – I've never felt this optimistic here in the last 10 months. In spite, in spite of all the bad stuff Biden's done, I feel, I feel optimistic about our country today because of what, what I'm seeing to start to build out there. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is to some extent there's a disconnect. For instance, the most horrendous bill in my lifetime was just passed by the tiniest majority in the House. 
Yeah. Now we have to rely yeah. on Manchin and Cinema, who are utterly unreliable, to make sure that this doesn't become law. I mean, let me ask you an honest question here. Do you think either of them is reliable? Do you think either of them will help stop this? See, I, I hope so. I mean, they've they've seemed to be strong thus far. Uh, I hope so. I served with uh, Senator Cinema. I, I found her to be a. Uh, you know, a, a, a colleague that you could uh, talk with and work with somewhat on, on the Democrat side. Frankly, there aren't many of them left, so mm-hmm. I, I'm encouraged by that. I, I hope that's the case that they stand uh, they stand firm and do the right thing. But um, we're just going to have to see. Stay with. Can you stay with me a few more minutes? Sure, sure. Because you have a brand new book too. I want to discuss, but I want to I want to drill down just a little bit further. We're talking to the great Congressman Jordan, and I'll be right back. But then, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. It's always a pleasure to have Jim Jordan with us. Now, Congressman, um, I sure as hell hope if we take the House in 2022, we are going to hold some very aggressive hearings on this administration, on this Biden family, on what the Democrats have been doing to the House of Representatives. I mean, they're going to subpoena fellow colleagues, uh, this January 6th committee where Pelosi wouldn't let you and others sit on the committee where it's it's a Soviet-style Stalinist committee where these people have already made up their minds. Yes. They're violating all tradition when it comes to ex-presidents and executive privilege and yep. even a criminal, a, an indictment of Steve Bannon. We've never seen anything like this before. No, we haven't. And if they, if they continue to cross this bridge, I mean, think about it. If they go out to Mark Meadows like they did Steve Bannon, I mean, did the, the chief of staff to the president of the United States, to the commander in chief, they're going to compel him under criminal contempt to to come testify. That this is unbelievable. That, that it breaks 200 years. You talked earlier about the precedents and traditions and things all the Democrats are doing, devastating all those. This would be unbelievable. But if they cross this bridge, I've said this. I've been plain about this. If they go there, they shouldn't go there. But if they do, then what's good for one side is good for the other. And there are there are all kinds of folks that the people I get the privilege of representing want me to have under under oath in front of a committee answering questions as well. And we will have to do that if the, if the Democrats continue to to just do what they're doing to our constitutional system. I mean, I'm even thinking of Pelosi. Can you imagine what her emails and texts and other things say about uh, impeachment, about about Trump, about January 6th? Yeah. And, and let me ask you a serious question about this committee. Don't they want to know what the Speaker of the House, who's in charge of protecting the Capitol building and certainly the House of Representatives, don't they want to know what she knew and when she knew it and what her communications say? Because they show no interest in it whatsoever. No, they don't want to know. This is all political. Why do you think she didn't allow Mr. Banks and myself to be on the committee? Because mm-hmm. the day before, the, the, when, when Leader McCarthy put the, the, the people he'd selected out there, initially the, uh, the press reported, oh, the, the Democrats are fine with that. But then we started pointing out, here are the questions that need asked. Why wasn't the National Guard there? What did Pelosi uh, make a decision on? The, the Chief of Staff Meadows has said that he offered the National Guard to her ahead of time, and she turned it down. That's been reported in the press. So we started raising those concerns, and I think she said, well, wait a minute. We don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And we, need, we need something to focus on aside from the inflation and the border chaos and, and the energy independence that we used to have to the now you know, $5 gas and, 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 and the president begging OPEC to increase production. So that's what's going on here. This is, this is all they got to talk about. They can't talk about anything else. So they got a political committee designed to go after people. 
And Liz Cheney, I have to be honest with you, I think she represents the Bush family, the Cheney family. She represents those elements within the Republican Party, the never-Trumpers, who have never liked Trump and have always wanted to destroy Trump because they like what used to exist because they helped create it. Do you disagree with me? Well, I think that, you know, you, you said she represents all those, all those entities. I don't know that she represents the people of Wyoming, and I think they're about to, about to you know, set that record well, straight here. Um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see. What I know is President Trump came to this town, and the town didn't, came to that town, and the town didn't like it because he was going to upset the apple cart. He was going to stand up for the American people, and he did more of what he said he would do than any president in our lifetime, Mark. And I may be in the history of this country, and that's why I appreciate him so much. That's why I've, I've already said I hope he runs again, and I think he's going to, and I think he's going to win, which is what our country needs again. So, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what the establishment didn't like that. The mainstream media didn't like that. The Democrat Party didn't like that. The bureaucracy didn't like that. They're the ones running so much of the country now. When did Dr. Fauci ever put his name on a ballot? Mm-hmm. How about Millie? Did he ever? Did he ever go out and talk to we the people and get elected to office the way it's supposed to work in our in our in our system? These guys make all kinds of decisions, do things. They never once had to answer to we the people. That's the problem. And and President Trump upset that model, and that's what they don't like about it. You have a book coming out this coming Tuesday. It's called "Do What You Said You Would Do: Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp." Tell us about it. Well, the, the, the title is, you know, I always say we make this job too complicated. What did you tell the voters you were going to do when you ran for the job? Uh, just, 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 well, just make sure you do that. Make sure you do that and uh, uh, fight for the things that, that you said you would, you would fight for. So that's what the book's about. We talked. I, I wrote every word of it. I tell folks I'm the old-fashioned way. I wrote it out longhand on the, on the legal pad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I talk about the Freedom Caucus, how we reformed. I talk about the investigations, a lot about impeachment, and then I spend a lot of time talking about you know, the interactions I had the privilege of having with President Trump and what a good man he was. And like I said, he did more of what he told the voters he was going to do than any president I've ever I've ever seen. So uh, I think I think your listeners will enjoy the read. It's a quick read, but it'll take them behind the scenes. I, I talk about when we're down in the bunker in the basement with Adam Schiff when, when my buddies Gates and, and Scalise uh, stormed the bunker there, as they said, and how Schiff took his football and left the room and all that. So I think they will really enjoy Kind of getting behind, uh, behind well, the insider information that we don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I think they'll enjoy it. That will be very, very interesting. By the way, I just interviewed the president uh, for Sunday. It's a very, very remarkable interview. And uh, it always is. Yeah. I, I don't do the normal type of interviews, you know, Machine Gun Kelly type yeah. interviews. I let the guests speak. So uh, yeah. I think you'll enjoy it as well. So the book is Do What You Said You Would Do. Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. Jim Jordan's one of a handful of us who actually write our own books. And so I think you're very much going to enjoy this book because, number one, it's from Jim Jordan, who is, and you are really, really admired by the millions of people who listen to this program. Well, well, so are you, and and people enjoy your writing. And congratulations on all you're doing, your success, and most importantly, thank you for fighting for freedom. God bless you, brother. Likewise. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. God bless. That's Jim Jordan. We hadn't had him on in a while, but very optimistic. Look, I'm optimistic about elections, these, these coming elections. But I'm talking about the battle royale that we have, these institutions that they control. For instance, no election is going to change the corporate media. No election is going to change our colleges and universities. And, and I could go down the list. So this is what we need to fight, and that's what 
my books about American Marxism. I'm not hawking it right now. I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm just making a point that politics and culture are not mutually exclusive. One's not more important than the other, but they are both priorities. And so winning an election in Virginia and here and there, that is a very, very important battle. Like the Civil War had multiple battles. World War II had multiple battles. World War I had multiple battles. The Korean War, the Vietnam. I view these things in that context. Unarmed battles. Although the other side seems more armed than not. But you understand my point. So you can't say, all right, great, great, all right, kitchen table issues. The No, no, that's not going to fix these cultural issues that we have. It's just not. And I want to go through a few more of these points that uh, were raised. They're absolutely important that the American people know all about them. I want to thank Breitbart for putting them out there and Congressman Banks for listing them. This bill coerces businesses to meet union boss demands by increasing Fair Labor Standards Act penalties by an astronomical 900%, page 105. See, this bill is filled with special special laws, special punishment, special fines, special credits for the Democrat Party base. For the Democrat Party base. They reward their base. They empower their base. Number 23, makes unions bigger and more powerful. The bill revives a provision from an earlier version that would subsidize union dues that would only serve to strengthen the influence of union bosses and not American workers generally. 24, pushes Democrats' wasteful and confusing school lunch agenda. Quarter of a billion dollars for, among other things, quote, procuring culturally appropriate foods, unquote. Page 275. Number 25, furthers radical abortion agenda. The bill would also further Democrats' radical pro-abortion agenda by allowing taxpayer money to fund elective abortions, subsidizing plans that cover them, and creating new ways taxpayer money could be spent on pro-abortion facilities. So the Hyde Act, the Hyde Amendment, is out for the first time. Number 26, drives up costs on America's utility bills. It includes a tax on natural gas, eventually up to $1,500 per ton, that can cost the American economy up to $9.1 billion and cost 90,000 Americans their jobs. Page 361. Number 27. Too bad the media didn't do this. Includes kickbacks for the left's Green Energy Special Network. $3 billion for, quote, environmental and climate justice block grants. $3 billion for radical degrowth groups. Page 373. And tens of billions more for green energy special interest subsidies, loans, and other carve-outs. Tens of billions. 28. Gives wealthy Americans tax credits. Hundreds of billions of dollars in, quote, green energy, unquote, tax credits will be given to those who can afford expensive electric vehicles and other so-called green innovative products. Page 1434. 29. Furthers Democrats' social justice agenda includes equity initiatives throughout the bill. In fact, the word equity is mentioned 32 times. Number 30. Grants deportation protection and work permits to illegal immigrants. The bill would grant five-year parole to certain illegal aliens who file for parole, pay a fee, and complete a law enforcement background check, quote, to the satisfaction of Biden's DHS secretary, unquote. Such a parole would include both travel and work permits, a real ID driver's license. It would be extended until 2031, page 862. That's amnesty. Amnesty to millions. 
31 increases visa limit. Democrats would bypass annual limits on immigration by adding unused employment-based visas on top of the existing 226,000 family preference visa floor and recapturing hundreds of thousands of previously issued visas from past years. The bill would also give lottery visas to anyone who was denied one due to the pandemic or because President Trump's immigration policies. That's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of more visas. Number 32, grants fast-tracked green cards for those seeking middle-class careers in America. Language included in the bill exempts certain aliens from the annual green card statutory limits and has been described as a hidden pipeline for U.S. employers to flood more cheap foreign graduates into millions of middle-class careers needed by American graduates. Page 867. 33, increases energy dependence on OPEC, Russia, and China. The bill includes mineral and energy withdrawals on federal lands, page 912. Overturns provisions included in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that authorized energy production in the Arctic that will result in 130,000 Americans losing their jobs and $440 billion in lost federal revenue, page 933. There's more, and I'll get it to that in a moment. I'm not going to... I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, this bill would absolutely destroy West Virginia. Absolutely destroy West Virginia. So I can't even believe uh, Manchin's even flirting with supporting it. They'd have to gut this bill, gut it, in order to save West Virginia. I'm just being honest. You know, I've talked about preborn. I've talked about it several times. I don't have the commercial in front of me. They've been a sponsor. And they wanted me to tell you something. Thanks to you folks in this audience, nearly 300 babies' lives that would have been terminated were saved. I am proud of this. I am proud of you. Nearly 300 babies' lives that would have been terminated were saved. Thanks to this audience. I want to thank you. Now I want to finish this list that's in the bill. Number 35. Democrats' feckless China bill is included. Concepts from the insanely weak Endless Frontier Act included, including billions of dollars in research funding, that will likely result in American intellectual property going to China. Page 954. 36. Punishes red states for failing to adopt Green New Deal provisions. It mandates, quote-unquote, consequences for conservative states that don't meet the radical left's green climate standards, while at the same time adding nearly $4 billion for, quote, community climate incentive grants, unquote, for cooperating states. Page 1013. See, all these Marxist organizations got together and wrote this bill. This is the institutionalization and the enshrinement of American Marxism in American society. That's what this bill is. 37, paid worker leave entitlement for the unemployed. The new paid leave entitlement would mandate workers get four weeks of paid leave under which workers could self-attest, quote-unquote, their eligibility and do not even need to be currently employed. You can get four weeks of paid leave even if you're not employed. You know what that is? That is a minimum universal income. 
That's what it is. Number 38. Advances a totalitarian and paternalistic view of the federal government. It includes grants for organizations to treat individuals suffering from loneliness and social, social isolation. Page 1252. Further detaches into it individuals from employment and more reliant on government handouts. The bill spends hundreds of millions on welfare through manipulating the tax code, not even including the expansions of Obamacare subsidies. Tax benefits for the top 1%. The bill would increase by more than sevenfold the cap on state and local tax deductibility, meaning many of the top 1% wealthiest Americans would pay less in taxes. Page 1729. This is a sop to the Northeast and the, uh, and the Far West. Tax credit for wealthy donors who give to woke universities. Expands worst parts of Obamacare. Increases taxes on Americans at every income level. Lowers wages for working families and moves jobs overseas. Penalizes marriage. Imposes crushing taxes on small businesses. Violates Americans' financial privacy. 87,000 new IRS agents. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 Here it is Friday evening, Mr. Producer. Soon, before we know it, it'll be 10 p.m. Eastern Time. 10 p.m. Eastern Time. What are you folks going to do on a Friday evening? This show will be over at 9. Then you'll watch Hannity. Or maybe you'll listen to your local radio host. 10 p.m. Really time to wind down, don't you think, Mr. Producer? You've heard the news of the day. You're familiar with the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. By 10 p.m., you're basically getting regurgitation. I can't watch the news at 10 p.m. I have to turn it off. That's enough already. Even the opinion shows. That's enough already. I'm talking about during the week. During the weekend, yeah, I love watching 10 p.m. There's Bongino, I love to watch. But I'm saying during the week, the end of the week, it's Friday, aren't you exhausted? Regurgitation. Yet. Now. There's a lot of things you can do. There's A&E. A lot of times they have the first 48 on at 10 p.m. I haven't gone through their schedule, but have you ever watched that? That is a, a fantastic and chilling show. It shows you how real homicide detectives track down killers. You don't have to watch the phony fictions. It's a real show. With the History Channel, oftentimes we have our, our buddy Rick Harrison... Pawn Stars, or sometimes there's, there's other programming. You can watch HGTV, Love It or List It, and a whole bunch of programs. I'm just telling you as an example. It's time to detox 
from everybody yelling in your ears and all the static. That's what I say. 10 p.m. during the week, that's it. That's it. As far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of fun things you can do, like spend time with your family, your spouse, your significant other. Before you go to bed, reading. You could read American Marxism. There's a lot of sports. I found the Bellator MMA fighting uh, last night, Thursday night. And I was up very late watching. It was uh, several great fights, by the way. But if you have cable TV or Netflix or one of those, you've got a thousand channels. You ought to poke around and see if there's anything really compelling. Now, I'll give you an idea, a little bit outside the box. <clears throat> Excuse me. The holidays are upon us. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah. You don't have to order through Amazon all the time. You don't. I joke around, but you can go to a number of channels. For example, I'll give you an example. The Gem Shopping Network. They sell things there that are beautiful, that can cost anything from $89 to half a million dollars. It's, it's fascinating to watch. And their hosts, they all have different personalities. I think they're all great, absolutely great. Their personalities are terrific. And... Uh, Watch it for an hour or two. Don't just turn it off and say, ah, the guy's yeah. No, no, no. You'll see what I mean. But you don't have to deal with, uh, you know, the freighters that are off, off the shores as a result of the Biden administration. That is the supply chain. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. There's other channels, too. We've taken to watching this baking show from time to time, this British baking show. It is hilarious. I don't watch food shows, but I watch that one. There's an American one, too, but I happen to like the British one. I can't understand what they're saying half the time, but I still like it. Again, remember I told you I like to watch people do things that I can't do, but it's actually entertaining and funny. And it'll settle you down. It'll get you ready for the next battle. The next weekend, the next Monday. I'm quite serious about this. Talk radio. There's all kinds of talk radio. There's all kinds of podcasts. 10 p.m. Check them out. Enjoy yourself. It's Friday night. Wind down. You don't need another blithering on and on person to tell you what you already know. At least that's my opinion. It's not aimed at any particular channel or person. I'm just telling you what I do. 10 p.m., that's it. Unless it's Gutfeld. Gutfeld, I think he's on 11. That is a great show. That is a funny show. He's become very solid. I remember when he wasn't. He is solid now. He's on top. He sees it. And he's really good at what he does. Really good at what he does. And he's mopping the floor with the other Nimrods. The low IQ Nimrods. Especially the uh, Mr. Spock wannabe there. there uh, that's Stephen Colbert with the ears and the rest going on there. I don't know what's going on. The part-time proctologist. Matter of fact, you know, Joe Biden had a... What did he have? 
Hell yeah, colonoscopy. I wonder if the part-time proctologist did it. Well, now Joe Biden knows how the rest of us feel uh, when it comes to his policies and mandates and all the rest of it, right? Look, I'm not in the business of giving you life advice like that. I'm just giving you a suggestion, particularly on a Friday night. I keep the foot on the gas pedal. Hannity keeps the foot on the gas pedal. O'Reilly, who follows me, WABC, he keeps the foot on the gas pedal all over the country, over 400 stations. Everybody keeps the foot on the gas pedal. I'm just saying at 10 p.m., I mean, there's a great show at night. The truckers guys are very good. Other shows very good. They're just, you know, when I was growing up, that's what I would do. I would listen to talk radio at night. Oh, yeah, I would. I always tried to get WABC or WOR back then, depending on what station Bob Grant was on. You know, he was getting kicked off this one or that one. And then he was on WD, what was it? W, I forget the name of the FM station in Philadelphia. WWDB, that's what it was. Used to listen to him. There were others. My buddy Bill Corsair ran a little show called The Rascals. I used to call in when I was 15 years old. There's a lot of fun things to do on a Friday night. Now, you have to listen to me first. Watch Hannity or listen to the, the, uh, the other radio broadcasters who follow me. But then especially on a Friday night at 10 p.m., that's enough. Do you disagree with me, Rich? No. Exactly. Here's another one. Listen to music. I do it all the time. When I'm in the car or when I'm on radio, as you well know, do it all the time. Especially when I'm alone in the car, listen to whatever I want, you know. Or maybe it's a time to talk to your family, whatever it is. Shut the TV off, unless it's something entertaining, unless it's something that's almost goofy. Just for your mental health. I have found that very few things that are said at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., midnight are interesting or unique or compelling. They're repetitive. Whether it's sports, whether it's news, whether it's commentary, whatever it is. By that point, it's repetitive. Just a thought. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. so-called moderate Democrats in these marginal or Republican districts, every single one of them outside of Maine, voted for this horrendous bill, just so you know. Every single one of them. Now, they're going to lie to you how we, we, we slashed it, we got rid of the bad parts. I read to you 47 bad parts. And this is the largest amnesty in American history. The largest amnesty in American history is in this bill, based on what I read to you. And again, our friends at Breitbart provide a list of who these members are, and I want to give you the list. You should vote against each and every one of them. You should defeat them. You should defeat the Republicans who voted for the first phony infrastructure bill. Tom Milanowski, Democrat, New Jersey. 
Lauren Underwood, Democrat, Illinois. Sidney Axney, Democrat, Iowa. Abigail Spanberger, Democrat, Virginia. Connor Lamb, Democrat, Pennsylvania. Carolyn Bordeaux, Democrat, Georgia. Ron Kind, Democrat, Wisconsin. Lizzie Pinnell Fletcher, Democrat, Texas. Haley Stevens, Democrat, Michigan. Tom O'Larian, Democrat, Arizona. Sherry Bustos, Democrat, Illinois. Matt Cartwright, Democrat, Pennsylvania. Jimmy Gomez, Democrat, California. Susie Lee, Democrat, Nevada. Susan Wilde, Democrat, Pennsylvania. Kim Schreier, Democrat, Washington State. Elisa Slotnick, Democrat, Michigan. Stephen Horsford, Democrat, Nevada. Chris Pappas, Democrat, New Hampshire. Colin Allred, Democrat, Texas. Elaine Loria, Democrat, Virginia. Mike Levin, Democrat, California. Charlie Crist, Democrat, Florida. Peter DeFazio, Democrat, Oregon. Tim Ryan, Democrat, Ohio. And as they say, the amnesty provisions in the filibuster-proof reconciliation package, which only needs majority support in the Senate, have been reviewed by the Senate parliamentarian a number of times. Democrats' latest amnesty provisions, along with expansions to legal immigration levels, would cost Americans about $122 billion. So in addition to all the illegal immigration you're seeing coming into this country, they're massively increasing the cap on legal immigration. What is it with this party? This party seeks to change the country. Illegal aliens who can prove that they have resided in the U.S. for 10 years will be able to obtain work permits, driver's licenses, and documents to travel abroad for at least a decade. In addition, for corporations, the reconciliation package is a boon. The corporatists. Bill Haggerty, Senator... Tennessee has pleaded with Senator Bernie Sanders to oppose the plan on the grounds that will disadvantage the nation's working and middle class, will be forced to compete for U.S. jobs against a growing population of cheaper foreign workers, including illegal aliens. He wrote, these provisions will allow Facebook, Microsoft, Google, and numerous other technology companies across America to employ a functionally limitless supply of cheaper foreign labor in place of willing, able, and qualified American workers. You know, you folks who are union members in the private sector, you should be furious with what's going on here. And your unions have sold you out because they figure the biggest way to expand their membership is with foreigners. They're selling you out, these private sector unions. Every 1.2 million legal immigrants receive green cards to permanently resettle in the U.S. Every year, 1.2. In addition, 1.4 million foreign nationals are given visas to take American jobs. That's 2.6 million. On top of legal immigration levels, federal officials expect that more than 2 million illegal aliens will have tried to cross into the U.S. many successfully in the last year. John Binder's excellent report in Breitbart News. But don't worry, the Democrats are looking out for the union guys and the little guys. Don't worry. And this IRS thing that I discussed briefly, the Daily Mail. 
the IRS will be able to conduct 1.2 million extra audits a year, almost half impacting families earning less than $75,000. Republicans yesterday warned of the impact of of, of stepping up IRS enforcement. Biden, they just passed in the House $80 billion more for the IRS, 87,000 more employees. They want 1.2 million more audits, and they want to tighten up the regulations. Worst hit would be families of modest means. Almost half the extra audits would affect families earning less than 75,000. Even though the White House says the focus will be on people earning more than 400,000. That would be small businesses. That would be small businesses. Worse hit, they say, will be families earning less than 75,000 who will account for half the adults, while about a quarter would affect Americans earning less than 25,000 per year. Biden wants to double Americans' chances of getting audited in order to squeeze every single dollar they can from American families and small businesses to fund the most expensive piece of legislation in our history. Kevin McCarthy told Fox News. Some $79 billion will be spent on hiring agents, conducting more audits, and modernizing technology. I am telling you, my God, what a police state they're creating. What a police state. Let's see. The Biden plan will mean more audits of the middle class and lower income Americans, 800,000 more federal tax liens per year, and more IRS shakedowns of American families and small businesses. Low and middle income families are already struggling due to the inflation caused, he said, by Biden's runaway spending and Democrat spending spree is exactly the opposite of what America needs. No, 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 it's okay. 87,000 more IRS agents, $80 billion more. This is to threaten you. This is to, to get that knock on the door, to get that letter in the mail. First, the mask mandates, then the vaccine mandates. Now they're sicking the IRS on you. It's going to be expanded. They're making the IRS so incredibly powerful. I wish they would do that with our military and help them with the funding and what they need the funding of what they need. But instead, they're funding the IRS to go after you. Here's the thing. You and me, who, who pay our taxes every year, we're the enemy. They target us. Now, the people who get our money with the expansion of the welfare state, the people we subsidize, and not just poor people, But wealthy corporations and so forth, they don't treat them like they treat us. People who are just trying to get by. You folks better call Joe Manchin, particularly in West Virginia. You're not going to have a coal mine. You're not going to have a damn thing. I don't know why he's always on the fence. Well, this, that, I don't know. I got to think about it. What, what, what is he talking about? More when I return. Mark 
Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. Let me give you an example. I'm just trying to people to have a healthy mental attitude on a Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. I'll give you an example. You ever watch the show Gold Rush, Mr. Producer? It's a fantastic show. Gold Rush on the Discovery Channel. It really is a fantastic show. I, I, I've watched it over the years, and I enjoy it. HGTV, my lottery dream home. Now, my wife and I watch this from time to time, and the host keeps adding tattoos to his body, and now they're, like, all over his neck. It's worth watching it just for that, I would think. No? As I said, on A&E, you have the first 48. That is a fantastic show at 10 p.m. As a matter of fact, I think I'll be watching that if I watch TV at all. Otherwise, I'll be listening to radio because I love radio. I've always listened to radio. You know? There's a great show on HLN, Forensic Files. And don't get me wrong, I hate CNN. There's uh, Dan Abrams. No, I don't watch him for anything. He's a clown. He's a clown. He's a clown. I didn't know his brother and his sister are federal judges. Pointed by liberal Democrats, of course. Did you know that? It's true. And by the way, tomorrow night, I believe there's some UFC action. Will you double-check that for me, Rich? I think I'm right. Um, it's worth double-checking, I think. Sometimes these auto shows are on. They're fun to watch. If you watch people bidding, again, I'm trying to give ways to get your mind out of TV news, radio news. Again, by 10 p.m., it's pretty much regurgitation. Now, there are some standouts, don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, after all, I didn't I have a 10 p.m. show on Sunday night? Yes, I did. But there's not a lot of people who can do that sort of thing. Uh, it just becomes very, very uh, repetitive. I'm trying to see very, very quickly... You know, I'm doing things I'm not supposed to do here by, uh, by even suggesting this to you. But that's pretty good. You have Cake Wars. That's always fun, that show. Have you ever watched that show, Cake Wars? Now, as a cake uh, expert myself in terms of eating, although I haven't had, you know what? I haven't had a piece of cake. Hell, I don't know how long it's been now that I think about it. There was a show I liked a, co- a lot called Barbecue Pitmasters. There aren't any new ones out there, but uh, since I didn't watch all the old ones, I like to watch that from time to time, too. They have a women's bout, but do they? Ha- but is UFC on? In other words, even the guys. So there is UFC tomorrow night, so I'll definitely be watching that because I enjoy it so damn much. Anyway, there you have it. There's all kinds of great things. Treehouse Masters, uh, for those who are into uh, trees, I guess. I watched that once. Didn't do a whole lot for me. I'm... CNBC is the show American Greed. I used to watch that one a lot too. But again, I'm talking about clear your mind of serious stuff. That's what I would do Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Just clear your mind of serious stuff. Relax. Like mental yoga. I mean, I can't do physical yoga. I might as well do mental yoga, right? Like mental yoga. Well, let's see here. Uh, 
Jen Psaki still claims that uh, the bed, the uh, Build Back Better, uh, whatever, will reduce the deficit, even after the Congressional Budget Office has said, no, it won't. See, this is what Jason Whitlock was talking about on my Fox show last Sunday. You have people who reject the truth, who deny the truth. And this is what destroys a country. They want to believe what they want to believe. That's their truth. And they reject evidence. They reject knowledge. They reject uh, experience and facts. And they, they point the finger at you, claiming you do. That's what destroys a country. Peter Ducey, that young man deserves every award in journalism. He really does. Cut 14. Go. The president going to stop saying that the Build Back Better plan does not increase the deficit one single cent if we now know that that is not true? Uh, it is true. And I would note the several economists and experts out there. I would know. I think you're probably talking about the CBO score. Which Joe Biden himself in 2010 called the gold standard for Democrats and Republicans. Well, Peter, since we're all here to communicate with the public about accurate information, what I would just note is that one of the components that experts, Democrats and Republicans, including former heads of the CBO, have pointed to is that IRS uh, IRS enforcement is not something that there's a lot of experience in the CBO uh, scoring. They still scored it, but it's... Ah, under- shut up, you idiot, you liar. What the hell does she know? And now, uh, Peter, uh, since we're all talking to the public here, um, you know, Peter, and she talks down to him. We have former heads of CBO pointed to as the IRS enforcement. It's not something, there's a lot of experience CBO scoring. So why would you listen to former heads of the CBO rather than the CBO itself? What would they know? So forget about what the Congressional Budget Office says. These clowns who have driven up the price of everything, everything, food, clothing, housing, utility bills, gasoline, everything. Listen to them, ladies and gentlemen. The Russia collusion crowd. Listen to them, ladies and gentlemen. They know everything. They've spent years in the oil patch. They've spent years in the steel mills and the coal mines. They know how to, how to create energy. All of them are astrophysicists. They know how to get energy from the sun. Oh, yes. Just pray to the sun like they did 3,000. Your sun, please make us warm. Where are you? You know. John Kerry, tooting around Europe like he's got some real job. Look, it's not my lane, he says, to worry about the genocide against the Uyghurs. That's not my lane. Your lane, you idiot. And of course, and of course, they are progressive. They are forward-looking. Now, critical race theory is not taught in the schools, the media tell us. When they're spending billions of dollars on critical race theory. When we have the videotapes, the audio tapes. When we have the lesson plans and the books. Oh, don't believe that. That's not the truth. Well, why is the price of gasoline going up? Because of the Republicans and the oil companies. What? The Republicans and oil companies before Joe Biden entered the Oval Office. And the prices were low. If the Republicans wanted to raise the price of fuel, wouldn't they have done it during Trump's administration? Come on, folks, let's use our brains. And they keep going with microphones to AOC. 
Unless you want to know how to mix a drink. Why do you go to AOC? I don't get it. She's been in Congress for about two and a half weeks. What does she know? She doesn't know a damn thing. Then they, Biden, he nominates a communist to be controller of the currency. That's her resume. We have her statements on the record. She doesn't believe in private banks and private bank accounts, government bank accounts. She says, so the government can access your money to control inflation by taking your money away from you. Oh, you must be a McCarthyite. You can't call her a Marxist, says the ever stupid, the ever stupid Elizabeth Warren who lied her way through one career after, oh, you know, I'm a part Native American. No, you're not, you idiot. You're barely part American as far as I'm concerned. But Sherrod Brown comes to the defense. What are you doing? She said she doesn't belong. Shut up, you idiot. My God. It just never stops. And then Joe Manchin. Well, you know... (laughs) I may vote for this thing, you know. Joe Manchin signals he's open to vote on social spending bill before the end of the year. Washington Examiner. Washington Examiner. This guy's the biggest tease in the history of teases. The biggest tease in the history of teases, Joe Manchin. Is it really that complicated, Joe? Really? I just read you a list of 47 things all of which are going to destroy the good people of West Virginia and the American people. You don't represent San Francisco, Joe. You don't represent uh, these other areas of New York City that are hardcore left-wing Democrat. Do you, Joe? You don't represent Seattle or Pramajaj or whatever the hell her name is, where she's from. Do you, Joe? No, I don't think you do. I had the occasion to drive through a good chunk of West Virginia several weeks ago. Wasn't a good occasion, don't get me wrong, because my brother-in-law passed away, and he had a a property there, and is buried there, and I could see how modest, most of the people, modestly, most of the people of West Virginia live, and I was thinking about this. Joe Manchin shouldn't be sitting on any fence or doing a high-wire act. He should be a principled, vocal advocate for the people of West Virginia. He should be an advocate against the degrowth movement that's driving up the cost of energy for these people and food. He should be an advocate for his people, but he's not. Well, I don't know. If you get, you get. Whatever. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Together, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for the full hour, I sit down with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago, and we sit in a room he's really never done interviews in before. It's a beautiful room. He's in a, a very good mood about talking about a number of issues, and uh, we also have a surprise for you during that show, something that you're going to be able to get. And it's a wonderful, wonderful surprise. So I hope you'll, uh, you'll check it out, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Um, you might want to uh, DVR it if there's something else you're planning on doing. Uh, but it's not your typical interview. I don't do your typical interview, as you well know. Every Friday in your honor, here we go. forget, grab your copies of American Marxism, bring them to Thanksgiving with you. Not to be controversial, to be a patriot. You're the Paul and Paula Revere's. Don't forget, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, lock it down, record it on your DVR if you can't watch it live, but I think you're going to love it live. 
We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Zelda and Smokey. Good night, Gigi and Indy and little Barney. Folks, have a wonderful weekend. Start it off at 10 p.m. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And good night, Joe.